0: Following the Lord Jesus means directing your life away from yourself and toward God and others. Humility, integrity, forgiveness, faithfulness, and selfless service should characterize our lives. But what does forgiveness look like? Are you obligated to forgive no matter what? Are there times when you don't forgive? Today, Stephen Davey explores this here on The Wisdom Journey. Stephen called this lesson, when it's wrong to forgive someone.
1: By the time we reach Luke chapter 17 here, Jesus is about three years into his public ministry He's been preparing his disciples in very realistic terms for what it means to serve him, frankly, in a hostile world. And I want to summarize his teaching through this next passage of Scripture by boiling down the Lord's training into uh, what I'll call three reminders. And the first reminder is simply this, be careful. That's it. Be careful. The Lord says here in verse 1, he said to his disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. Well, let me tell you, the world is no friend to your desire to live a godly life. Temptation and sin are are inevitable. Every day you get out of bed, you're going to face a test of integrity. And none of us are going to be free from sin and temptation until we see Jesus. But the Lord's concern here is that his disciples don't become the source of temptation for others. Jesus says, woe to the one through whom temptations come. The word for temptation here is the Greek word skandalon, which gives us the word scandal. That literally means uh, to trap. So the Lord is warning us here not to live in in such a way that we trip up, we trap someone else. He continues here in verse 2, It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea, than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Well, that's quite a warning, isn't it? You cause some little one, some child, maybe even a child in the faith, so to speak, to be spiritually harmed because of, of your uh, life, which is a temptation for them to sin. And it would be better for you to be tied to this large millstone, And cast into the sea. In other words, it would be better to drown than cause a little one to enter a life of sin. This is the same warning from the Lord recorded over in Matthew chapter 18 and also Mark chapter 9. More specifically, it refers there to young believers, new believers. So pay attention to how you're living. Be careful so that your life is effectively worth imitating as you walk with Christ. Now, the second reminder is is to be forgiving. Be forgiving. Jesus says here in verse 3, if your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. So our first duty to sinning believers is to rebuke them or warn them with the goal of repentance and restoration and restoration to fellowship. If they repent, it's our duty To forgive them. And this forgiveness is to be given even if someone sins repeatedly and each time repents. Jesus says here in verse 4: even if he sins against you seven times in the day, you must forgive him. Now, this phrase, seven times, doesn't mean you keep count. This is a New Testament idiom for forgiving someone without any limits. But I want you to notice the qualifying statement here: we are to forgive them. Every time there is genuine repentance. well, What about somebody who doesn't repent? Well, notice here that forgiveness depends on repentance. Verse 3 says, again, if your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. You know, I hear Christian leaders and and preachers uh, today praying that God will forgive America. Well, let me tell you, God isn't going to forgive America Because America isn't repenting. In fact, America isn't even asking for forgiveness. You see, what's often overlooked is is this roadmap here. Repentance leads someone to ask for forgiveness, and that leads to forgiveness and fellowship. So forgiveness is a two-way street that ultimately leads to reconciliation, fellowship. You can't have fellowship with somebody who refuses to repent of their sin against you. In fact, maybe right now you're going through that that kind of struggle. Somebody's hurt you, maligned you, uh, abused you. You might be the victim of, of somebody's crime. So how do you forgive them if they don't repent? Well, in a very real way, you can't. You might not even be able to talk to them because they've moved away. Maybe they've already died. But listen, you can talk to the Lord about them. You can imitate Jesus on the cross who said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, Jesus didn't say that to them. Hey, I forgive you. He said that in prayer to his Father. You see, forgiveness was a transaction that in prayer between Jesus and his Heavenly Father. And so also for you today, forgiveness might be between you and the Lord. That other person may never ask for your forgiveness. They might be long gone, but you can go to the Lord. And, and what you're doing is basically handing that person, that sin, that event over to him saying, Lord, I forgive them the way you forgave those Roman soldiers and religious leaders who crucified you. I want that kind of forgiving spirit before you, Lord. In fact, I'm going to hand that person over to you, and stop then reliving their sin against me. I'm going to trust, Lord, your will for my life that included that event. Just like Joseph, who was sold to the Egyptians according to God's will. I'm going to trust your will. I'm going to give you my resentment against their actions. I'm putting it in your hands, Lord, from now on. Now, beloved, you might not be able to enjoy renewed fellowship with someone who sinned against you because they haven't repented, but you can enjoy renewed fellowship with the Lord that you are now trusting afresh. Someone once said that we don't get to choose our crosses, but we get to choose our responses. A forgiving spirit before the Lord is one of those responses we should choose. Now, if that person comes to you, genuinely repents and apologizes, Jesus says, "Hey, even if it's been you know seven times, forgive them." And it's no wonder then, that the disciples followed up this teaching by saying to the Lord, here in verse five, "Increase our faith." <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna need more faith to trust the Lord to forgive like that. Well, now the Lord moves on to give them the reminder to serve faithfully. Verse 7. Will any of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he is in from the field, come at once and recline at table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? When well, now Jesus is describing a normal social structure in his day. The household servant didn't expect to get any thanks for working hard all day and then into the night. But the Lord applies this illustration to his disciples here in verse 10. So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. Beloved, you want to know what allows you to live carefully so that others watching you won't be tempted to sin? Do you know what gives you that kind of forgiving spirit that you live with, and trusting people who won't apologize to the Lord? Well, here it is. The attitude that you are an unworthy servant, that God in his grace chose you and me, by his grace. he's He's even chosen to use us, and we know our hearts, don't we? We know more than anybody else that we are unworthy in and of ourselves. But here's the amazing thing. The Lord will honor us one day. He'll reward us for every little act of faithful service. And beloved, I believe we're going to be surprised at how joyfully and eagerly the Lord rewards us at the coming Bema, the judgment seat of Christ. That's when believers are given crowns and jewels that represent even our smallest efforts. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. But let me tell you, here's what we're going to do with our rewards. The Bible tells us that we will cast them, place them at his feet. As if to admit, Lord, whatever good we did, we just did our duty. We did what we were commanded. We followed you. We obeyed you. And we did it through your power. And as we place our crowns at his feet, the Bible says, we will be saying to the Lord, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. So between today and that day of reward, here's what we need to do let's serve him humbly, let's live for him carefully, and let's have a spirit of forgiveness like he did, because we're disciples of Jesus. And here's my a prayer for you as a fellow disciple. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
0: I'm glad you're sailing along with us on this wisdom journey, and I hope this lesson helped you think biblically about the topic of forgiveness. Stephen called it, when it's wrong to forgive someone. If you're enjoying this wisdom journey, please consider helping us in a couple ways. First, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. You can also help make it possible for us to produce this program. All of our funding comes from listeners just like you. We don't receive support from any church or organization, just individual people. If you want to support us, visit wisdomonline.org or call 866-48-BIBLE. Tune in next time to continue the wisdom journey.